0: Well, uh, I read a story this week, not the greatest story I've ever read. A young lady in California um, started dating a young man and uh, just fell head over heels for him but found out uh, as, as, you know, the, the more they began to date that um, there was a problem. That problem, he was really, really sick. Um, so this, this guy, uh, he, he, he literally, he was going to die um, because he had severe kidney disease and so uh, he was on a donor list, and so they began dating. Um, just his girlfriend loved him, spent time together. Uh, was with him as as uh, they found out that none of his family members were a match. They started kind of doing like a, "Hey, let's reach out to the community, see if we can find you a kidney." And so uh, uh, she herself got tested, and and lo and behold, she was a match. And and so she, you know, she decided to give. Her boyfriend, her kidney. Um, what she did, she was nervous about it. Had never had any uh, major surgery, and so went under, donated her kidney to her boyfriend. And seven months later, seven months post recovery, uh, he went with uh, some friends uh, for a bachelor party and cheated on her while he was in Las Vegas, and uh, and their relationship there ended. And so uh, I just want to I want to ask this question of you, hearing that story, if you were her. And, and you had an inkling of what might be to come, would you still have done it? Right? If you were her, and, and you knew how the story was going to end, would you have done it? And with that kind of like processing in the back of your mind, I, I want to put up this morning's scripture. Uh, the focus of our text here is Romans 5, 7, and 8. It says this, it says, For rarely will someone die for a just person, Though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? And, and so in our final week of Advent, I, I thought how appropriate that we just... I, I want to go to a passage of scripture with you that actually has... It, it has all four representations of every candle that we're going to light. What, what they mean. Um, so I'm in Romans chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, you want to open them, and I'll just point out to you, each week of Advent is found in this, in this passage, right? So Romans 5, starting in verse 1, it says, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, uh, we have peace um, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, that was week 2, peace. Right, we began with hope, and then it was peace, and then joy, and then this week is love. So, so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access uh, through Him, or yeah, access through Him by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice. That was last week, joy, right? Um, we rejoice in the hope that's week one of the glory of God, and not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. That literally was the message last week, right? Uh, joy in the midst of of suffering, right? So, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. Proven character produces hope. Again, uh, week one, uh, this hope, week one, will not disappoint us because God's love, that's this week, has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, uh, this is on the screen now, verse six, seven, and eight. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For very rarely will someone die uh, for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And with that in mind, there's four things I'm going to share with you this morning uh, as we focus on this final candle, um, the love of God. And and we just start here with this truth that, that God is love. I, just, I want to speak that over you this morning. I want you to know that God is love. God is love. In, in our passage, uh, when you read verse 6, it says, For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were helpless and ungodly, Christ died for us. And, and you've you got to read that and you go, why? Right? Why would God do that? Why would God send His very best? Why would He send Jesus? Why would Jesus willingly, Philippians 2, step out of heaven? It says that He humbled Himself, considered Himself nothing, took on the very nature of a servant. Why would God do that for us when we weren't deserving of it, while we were still sinners, while we were still rebellious? Why would God do that? And the answer is actually found in, in 1 John. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 John writes, dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. And then he drops this, this, this bomb of truth at the very end, because God is love. Because God is love. Why would God send Jesus to us while we were still His enemies, while we were still rebelling, before we ever changed, before we ever repented, before we ever got cleaned up, before we ever got our acts right? Why would God do that? And the answer is because He is love. Not just that He loves, but He is love. And this is a foreign concept to us. Because we're not love. We're selfish. We love, but we're selfish. You got into our DNA. Our DNA is is self-centered. It's about us. We're capable of loving others. We're called to love others. But the love that we know is conditional by nature right? We, we love something when, when it, it, it gives us some kind of reward. We love something because of some kind of attachment, right? But God is, he, he doesn't just love, right? We, we kind of assign our human attributes to God. We're like, oh yeah, God loves. And we think of it the same way that we love. We love pizza. We love puppy dogs. We love, you know, and we love Christmas. Um, but, but no, God doesn't just love. He, he does love as an action. But more importantly, he actually is love, His very DNA is love. So I want to say this to you because this is huge. That means that there is never a time that God cannot love. That he is not love. There never ceases to exist a time that God's not loving. Ever. Never, ever, ever is there a time that God is unloving. Because God is love. That's huge. That's huge. When you begin to grasp this love of God, like it is who he is. It's not just what he does. So we begin there with this truth that God is love. But more than that, I want you to know that this God who is love, loves you. God loves you. He loves you. I'm going to say this to you this morning. I'll take off glasses so I can see you, right? All right, listen. He loves this version of you. Okay? Don't get it twisted. Sometimes we hear that God is love. We hear that God loves us and we go, like, no, nah, like, either we don't want to believe it or if we do buy into it, we'll, we'll believe it but we'll only believe that He'll love some future version of us when we finally get our stuff together. And that's not, could be further from the truth. While we were still sinners, Christ died. God doesn't just love some future version of you that might be better. He loves the messed up, dirty, ugly, naked version of you right now. He loves you, and there's nothing you could do to make him love you more. He loves this very version of you, not just some future version. When you finally get your act together, no, he loves the mess that you are today. God loves you. Man, he loves you. And, and, and I, I want to try to help explain this love of, of God um, for you, I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It, it describes um, love, but specifically it describes God's love. You, you could either put, put the word uh, God, the name God there in the place of blood. I'm, I'm just going to say the love of God, um, but there, it, it's the same thing. The love of God because God is love. So 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, it says the love of God is patient. That's the love that God has for you. It's a patient love. The love of God is kind. The love that God has for you is, is kind. The love of God does not envy. The love of God is not boastful. The love of God is not arrogant. The love of God that He has for you is not rude. The love of God is not self-seeking. The love of God is not irritable. The love of God is not irritable. Some of you, man, you, you sense that. That, that, was, that was the house you grew up in. Or the people you love the most could be a little irritable, right? It says the love of God is, is not irritable. The love of God does not keep record of wrongs. Some of you, that, like, that is so hard to fathom because, because everybody in your life that has said that they love you keeps a record of everything you've done. And every time you mess up, they go back to the well and they go, see, same old person. But the love of God, it says, does not keep a record of wrongs. The love of God finds no joy in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in truth. The love of God bears all things. The love of God believes all things. The love of God hopes all things. The love of God endures all things. The love of God will never end. Ever. God is love. And and listen to how He loves you in a way that he's not keeping track of your wrongs, in a way that he's he's, he's he's patient, in a way that he's bearing all things. This love is unlike anything you've ever experienced. And some of you, man, we have such a jacked up view of God, we think that we've got to earn it, right? We feel far away when we mess up. I'm not preaching to anybody else, right? Just myself. Like we, 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 we feel like somehow we, we've just got to do better for God every day. We walk around in this world with such guilt that I, I, like, I don't know how we ever rejoice. Because we, can't, we, we don't fathom the deep, deep love of God. God loves you. He loves this version of you today. And if you walked in and you weren't loving yourself, then hear me this morning. He loves you even when you don't love yourself. God loves you is love, and this God loves you. The third thing I would share with you is that Jesus is proof of both of these things. <laughs> Jesus is proof of both of these things. So let's talk about the fact that first, that Jesus is proof that God is love. If you read the Old Testament, many of you are going to start a Bible reading plan uh, when January rolls around. Um, it's December. Uh, you started with great fervor. Uh, maybe you haven't ended with such great fervor in reading your Bible. Uh, it's okay. There's great Bible reading plans out there. We'll offer one up um, that starts January 2nd. We'll have those available um, if you want to do that. Pastor John helped put those together this year, and so those will be available. But you can use any Bible reading plan you want to. A lot of those will start in the Old Testament. I don't believe ours does this year, um, but but. Some of those will start in Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And when you do that, when you jump into the Old Testament, some people read the Old Testament. And they walk away thinking, man, God is just this angry, uh, mean, rule-keeping, following God, right? And they just think, man, it's, it's all about trying to, he just seems like our parents, right? You've, you've got to earn his, his respect. You've got to earn his love. And, and if you've ever read the Bible that way and you've thought, man, that's who God is, then you've got you've to get to the New Testament. Because Jesus comes and his name is Emmanuel. It's God with us. And if you ever wanted to see who God really is, right? If you've ever read the Old Testament and thought those kind of thoughts about God, then you you didn't really understand the heart behind what was going on because Jesus shows up and he is the portrait, the exact representation, Hebrew says, of who God is, of what God looks like, of, of how God loves. And Jesus shows up and he has compassion. And he shows up and he makes himself nothing because we were like sheep without a shepherd. He goes to the cross and endures and and literally pays for our sins because he loves us. And that is the perfect picture of who God is. God is love. Hebrews 1, 3. He's the exact representation of God's being. Okay? Okay. So Jesus is proof that God is love, but he's also proof that God loves us. And and again, one of our verses here, Romans 5, 8 on the screen. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, Jesus, born, God of the universe, placed in a lowly manger. Some of us like to keep Christ in the cradle, but he didn't stay there. He went to the cross. Okay. Jesus grew up. He lived the perfect life that you and I can't. He fulfilled the law completely. And then he died in our place. And when he breathed his last breath, hanging on the cross, he literally said, It is finished. The law and its curse, the old covenant and and, and my need to perform, it is finished. It's finished. And that is proof of just how much God loves you. God loves you so much that he wanted you to live under grace. That he wanted to say, I'm everything for you. I'll be everything for you every day of your life. This Jesus says, come to me, all you who... We talked about this last week. Some of us are trying to lift stuff was never meant for us to lift. Because God loves us. God loves us. Uh, He loves us at our best. He loves us at our worst. Which brings me to the last point, and I just think it's necessary when we talk about the love of God that we just kind of share this last. You're going to go, where is this in our passage? I'll, I'll show you. It's in the Bible, not in Romans 5 necessarily, but I want you to know that um, God loves you enough to meet you where you are, but he loves you way too much uh, to leave you there. God loves you enough to meet you where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. So last week, um, we talked about joy. We talked about joy in the midst of suffering. I said, we have a misconception of, of the gospel. We have a misconception of God. And we think often that God is supposed to pull us out of our circumstances. That's how we envision a Savior right? Savior, save me from all this stuff I got myself into. And, and God is like, no, um, not, like it's, it's God with us. Emmanuel, it's God in our circumstances, not God apart from our circumstances. So not having uh, tough circumstances, that's called happiness. Joy is something that you can have in the midst of circumstances because God has come down to be with you in the mess, right? So, so God with me in my hurt, God with me in my grief. God with me in my anxiety. God with me when I'm afraid. Okay? And, and so it, it's this, this God with me. This, this God is, is with me. So listen, God will meet you where you are. Don't, don't believe me. J- just go study the story of Peter, right? The P- Peter who is, is so passionate about God. He says, listen, God, uh, Jesus, even when everyone else leaves you, I will never leave you. It's me, me and you. I'm ready to go. And Jesus is like, no, Peter, you're going to blow it today. Before the rooster crows the three times, you're, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. That's what, I'll never do it. I die first. Sure enough, the third time, he's cursing the name of the Lord. Peter, guys, if you, if you read after Jesus uh, dies on the cross, Peter is so injured by his failure. I'm not speaking to anyone here, am I? Um, he's so injured by his spiritual failure that he goes back to his old way of life Jesus called him, said, you're not going to be a fisherman anymore. You're going to be a fisher of men. Jesus gave him a new assignment. No more fish for you, Peter. You're now fishing for men. After his his spiritual disappointment, he, he dealt with it in such a way, he actually went back to his old way of life. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody here this morning, but that's what happened. And Jesus, this is God, loved him so much that he went to him back, found him back doing what he was doing before, and said, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love me. You know that I love you. Then, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you. Then feed my lamb. Peter, do you love me? Okay, and here's what I'm going to say. Listen, he met him where he was, but he refused to leave him there, and the same is true with you. You don't believe me? One of Jesus' most common sayings, ready? Uh, I'll show it to you, Mark 2, 14. Passing by, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. Jesus, time and time again, meets us in our circumstance. He loves us enough to sit with us in our grief, in our anxiety, in our pain, in our hurt, in our loss, but he loves us too much to leave us there. He always says, now come, follow me. Thirteen times you can f- find the exact phrase. Many, many more times you just see people, it says they met Jesus and then they followed him. He loves you enough to meet you where you are this Christmas, but he loves you too much to leave you there. So what do we do with that? Um, I'll give you a little bit of homework before uh, Christmas hits next Sunday. Here's your homework. Number one, I pray that you would accept the love of God. All right? God is love. Jesus is proof. At some point, you have to accept that love. Um, life is not so good if you don't. The story doesn't end well for those that reject the gift of Jesus. And if you've never received the gift of Jesus, then let today be the day. And you may say, I, I'm, I'm just not religious. That's cool. You don't have to be religious. You just, you need to say, I, I, I need help, Jesus. Today, I heard that you love me. If you really love me, I just want to receive that love come into my life. And change me. You pray a simple prayer like that. And God will honor it today. Um, second thing you need to do. Uh, once, you, By the way. The second thing is impossible without the first. I love you. Some of you have been reading books. You have been trying it. You can't do the second thing without the first thing. Okay. So here is the second thing. Ready. Love yourself. Cannot love yourself. You can read every book. You can take all the spa days. And the personal time. Um, you can do it upright. But you can never love yourself without Christ. You can't, because until you come to an understanding that God is love, it's not something he does, it is who he is, and this love lives inside of you and says you're enough today, you're enough tomorrow, you're enough on your best, you're enough in your worst, I have done it for you, I love you. It's not about your performance, it's about my perfection, and until you get that, you'll never love yourself. Until you get that, you will walk around ashamed, living in guilt, frustration, confusion, looking in the mirror, hating what you see, looking back at you. Because you don't understand that Christ has died for all of it. That He is bigger than all of it. That when you look in the mirror, yeah, you see a sinner. But that sinner has been bought with the blood of Jesus. And that sin is gone forever. Not just yesterday's, but tomorrow's too. And then when you get there, you can begin to love yourself the way that God loves you. And by the way, until you do that, it's impossible to love anyone else. Right? Second greatest command in all of Scripture, love your neighbor as Yourself. yourself. You ever wonder why we struggle so much to love others? Because we can't truly accept the fact that God loves us. All right? It's a big deal. Love yourself. Lastly, uh, I want to challenge you. You got to follow, man. Um, so some of you are stuck. And I get it. I am one of you. I know what it's like to be stuck. And you've been stuck in a rut for a while, right? Stuck in a rut for a while. Um, what is, what's the name of the, the, the show uh, oh, come on. It's the Alaskan Fisherman. What is it? Yeah, where they're, they're, you know, they're always catching the crabs, the big boats. Yes, yeah, deadliest catch, right? The deadliest catch. Okay, so I haven't watched it in a while. I used to be a deadliest catch fanatic, okay? Used to watch every episode. Um, and there is uh, there's a, there's a season, right, where you've got to grind it out and where they lay the pots and the waves come a certain way and they call it being in the ditch, right? And you're in the ditch and when you're in the ditch and the waves are just like you you got it you got it you got to finish it right you just, some of you have been in the ditch for years and and the waves have just been beaten upon you and you are tired and you are weary and i i get it and here the beauty of it is jesus is in the ditch with you get getting, getting pounded he's right there with you you're not alone but jesus is like hey bro let's get out of the ditch Like, there's a way out. You just gotta follow him. And so, don't just accept the fact that life is always meant to be that way. Like, at some point, you have to go, you know what, Jesus, I am gonna follow you. I've heard you say it. You've told me to change. Like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do what you call me to do. And for some of you, that might be the greatest Christmas gift you've had in years, is just to humbly hear his voice, just that simple voice that says, hey, Right here. I'm with you. But if you want to get out of this, there is a way. Just come and follow me. Just come and follow me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. I pray, uh, maybe more than ever, that this Christmas, you'll receive the gift of God's love. Do you guys pray with me? Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for sending your son. Uh, God, I pray that you would change us from the inside out. And that we would come to know exactly how much you love us. Lord, we ask all these things, we pray all these things in your holy, powerful, and precious name. And so, um, we light uh, the candle of hope. We light the candle of peace. We light the candle of love. And we light joy and we light the candle of love see pink always throws me off man (laughs) come on come on love come on love there we go there we go sometimes love takes a little while um all right so here's what i want to do this morning guys before i let you go um years ago you guys know um hopefully you drive by it on a regular basis you see the new building going up um What you may not know is how long ago that started and the story behind it. And so um, the next two weeks, we're going to just take in, um, we're going to call it year in giving. But in the past, um, when we felt like the Lord was calling us to to relocate uh, over to 18 Acres by the high school, and we were like, Lord, is this really you? Have you ever been there in your life? You're like, Lord, is it really you calling me to do this? Because it seems so big, right? It's like one of those things. It just seems so big. Uh, and, and listen, so you can follow our our lead. Uh, I think it's biblical sometimes to throw out the fleece and go, Lord, if it's you, soak up all that water, right? Like if it's you, And so we kind of threw out a fleece, and we'd been praying, and we said, Lord, if you're calling us to relocate and to be this church we think you're calling us to be, um, then we need you to provide. And we needed like $100,000 in like three months, okay? So that was the period. So it was like a three-month fleecing period. Lord, we need $100,000. And we set a day, because we were going to close on the property at the end of December. So we set a day towards the end of December. It was like the 17th or 18th, which today is the 18th, I believe. Okay, so this was years ago, like eight years ago, something like that. Our first, called it Glory Sunday. It was a big deal, and we just prayed. We even had a consecration service before. like We, we had like a place you could wash your hands and come in and get our hearts right, and, and, and we gave, and man, people. Uh, so the Lord showed up that Sunday. Sunday, we went and counted and came back and told you what it was because it was that big of a deal and the Lord provided hundred and seventeen thousand dollars and some change in that one day um so when we talk about year-end giving um and and you guys know and I love you um and I pray the Lord continues to build things. I just don't want to be in charge of them all. Uh, it has been a season as we, we work through this project. There's been some stressors. There's been some things kind of going on behind the scenes. And so I just began to pray. And um, I feel like the Lord put, um, put a number on my heart. So this year, I want to share with you. I, I don't know you want to call it vision, uh, whatever. But this is, this is where I am. So uh, this year, we go. can we throw that slide up? So you're in giving slide. Uh, It's in there somewhere. There we go. So end of your giving. And I want you to think about it this way. Um, So um, I had a friend call and say, hey, how can I pray for you? And so I began answering um, my friends that call and say, how can I pray for you? I've begun answering them over the last week with this. I want you to pray for 100. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, this is what's on my heart, okay? So uh, here it is. We've got about 100 days before we move in. Uh, When I started praying this prayer, it's a little, we're a little further down the road now. Uh, But if you went from today, I think that'd be March 27th, end of March. They're telling us end of March, like we'll be fully in. We hope to be in before then, but it's about 100 days. Uh, And I I, I want us to pray that the Lord would provide $100,000 and 100 people in the next 100 days. Like that's big, Right? Anybody like, whoa, pastor, hold on. That's a little much. Um, that's my prayer. I, I, want, I want the Lord to add 100 people. I want the Lord to provide $100,000. I want him to do it in 100 days. Now, that's crazy. Uh, I, I, think that's, I think that's like, uh, but that's where, I just feel like that's what the Lord's put on my heart. And you say, well, what is all that about? So some construction overruns uh, did occur. Um, some errors occurred on behalf of our architects. And we, we are praying we get that money back. We're praying, okay? We're praying that they're going to file an insurance claim. Insurance will actually pay. However, if it doesn't happen, then we, we want to be able to step in. Um, we, we, can, we can afford it as it lies. Okay, we can move in. But our goal, remember, was to have the first year of payment set, set aside. And so I believe this, this number is what the Lord's put on my heart. I don't know how that'll happen. I don't know if that'll happen just all through giving. I don't know if it'll happen through refund. Like, I, I don't know. But this is the number the Lord's put on my heart. So I'm going to ask you just to join me in prayer. We've got 100 days. And would, would you be bold enough to pray the 100 prayer with me? 100 days, $100,000, and 100 people. The other part of that involves us. If we're praying the Lord will add 100 people, we've got to start inviting 100 people right? That's kind of the other part of it. You personally don't have to invite 100, but if somebody in this church invites 100, whoo, hallelujah, okay? All right? But I believe the Lord wants to do this, and so I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. Um, So so listen, this day, Glory Sunday, uh, and again, we're going to do it Christmas Day. The Lord has always shown up. We're going to extend that. We've got until we move into the building for God to show up and do this. But $100,000 and 100 people in 100 days, uh, that's the prayer. And so with that, I'm going to ask this morning that you would pray about, if you don't give this Sunday, you want to do it before Um, year-end. Year-end giving is big for a lot of people. Um, some of you are already given monthly. Uh, end of the month is Christmas Day. You may be out of town. But we're going to provide a giving opportunity um, towards the building, towards the Future Fund this morning. And we'll provide one um, briefly on Christmas Day, uh, just if, if you've got some year in giving you'd like to do. So here's what I'm going to do. Um, we're going to put up a QR code that will take you directly to, um, this is not just to our, our website. This is actually uh, to the Future Fund um, fund on our website. That's all you can give if you scan that QR code. I'm going to pray for a second and then we're going to give you about 30 seconds before Miss Catherine comes up and does announcements, okay? Um, Father, we have um, studied your love this morning and, and it's just who you are. You are love. But God, you're also provider. And you, I, I just call upon that name uh, this morning, God, our provider. Uh, you have provided for us time and time and time again. And, uh, and Lord, if I'm crazy, that's cool. Let me be crazy for you. But I just, I feel like you've put this in my heart. Um, that you want to provide $100,000 and add 100 people to our number um, within the next 100 days. And I just pray you would use us to do it. So Father, let each family pray about their part, about what they could give at the end of the year um, to just bring glory to your name. And we ask that, we pray that in your holy, powerful, and precious name, amen.